welcome to the True Logic, the podcast edition, the place where we talk about trends, news, and insights for businesses and individuals who want to succeed in digital marketing. Join our host, SEO expert and certified mama's boy, Burn Sun Wan, as he gives you insights on digital marketing fundamentals, tips and best practices, and easy conversations with industry experts about the latest trends and happenings in the digital world. Let's get started. Welcome to the True Logic DX podcast. My name is Bernard, and hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode. Today, we're going to be taking a look at some of the key trends that leaders in SEO need to keep an eye on in the banking and financial industry, to be specific. Now, for those of you guys that follow True Logic, you might be familiar. You know, this is a playground that we're used to playing in. So, I'm going to flex a bit in in this episode of the of the webinar. We're going to talk about some proven strategies that allow banks and financial institutions to perform better in Google, convert more searchers to customers, and protect your brand while enhancing your online visibility when it comes to search. Let's get started. So as a quick intro, for for SEO to be successful in financial services, it's important that, you know, every brand, not just a bank, but I would say banks in particular, follow Google's algorithm updates, what the best practices are around I would say easily 64% in in mobile is a bit higher. It's about 80-90% of users tend to click on the on the first results, specifically the first three results that, that appear on a search engine results page. This makes SEO super, super, super important. And I know that that statement is a bit self-serving, right? But this this really does make SEO super important when it comes to, to the banking and the financial industry. I think for most of the banks that I worked on, Regardless of the marketing campaign they work on, the majority of the search traffic is always contributed by organic search. Now, had you talked to us six years ago, seven years ago, I would have said competition is like super easy. You you optimize for a term, you're there, you're number one. But that's not the case today. With with brands like BPI, BDO, Metro Bank, Security Bank, Union Bank, all of them executing some form of digital, uh, some form of digital marketing inside their their own teams, or whether they're utilizing agencies, the competition has gotten pretty tough. Like uh, six years ago, if somebody told me they wanted to rank for online banking, I would have told them, "Hold my beer." <laughs> That's definitely not what I can say now, right? So. Let's let's get into the flow of the discussion. Let's meet the meat, right? Let's meet the meat of the of the conversation. So, first off, what do we mean when we say SEO for banking, SEO for the financial industry? And and what we really mean is just driving traffic from motivated visitors that come from Google, right? Like that's all SEO is. It's about attracting users or attracting motivated users that begin from a search engine experience. That's that's all SEO does. And there are really a lot of strategies that you can work on. The True Logic works with several banks in, in its portfolio. And, and I'll have to say that none of the brands that we work with have the same goals, right? And so the strategies for SEO can be vastly different from one, one banking brand to another, one financial brand to another. And the strategy that you employ depends on what the goal of that brand is. So 
let, let's talk about some benefits, right? Because and, and in these benefits, some of these are similar to the goals that I have for that, that I work with for some of our clients. So for, for some brands, the goal is awareness, right? Improved branding, improved audience perception, uh, improved awareness of, of the brand or the product. I would say this would apply to brands that are attempting to enter the market, like uh, I, I would say ING is attempting to enter the market. Uh, Maybank has already been in the market for a long time, but they do need help when it comes to gaining traction, when it comes to the audience and whatnot. But improve, but this is what improved branding does, right? How do you measure if you're if you're doing well in terms of improving your branding SEO wise? I, I would say two things. A, the direct traffic to your website increases. That's the easiest measurement. And then the second one is if you check on Google Trends, the volume of interest for your brand also increases, right? Like so, where there might have been a hundred searches for, for let's say. Union Bank has a financial product called, uh, or UBX has a has a digital product called CCAP, right? Like, let's let's start with this as an example. If they saw CCAP begin with like a hundred search volume in a month, successful branding, successful awareness would mean that the term CCAP gets searched. CCAP is S E E K C A P. It means that that term gets a search volume of. 200, 500, 1,000. And this is how they know their their SEO is impacting their branding, right? For larger brands, I think brand awareness should not be a goal, right? Like if you're Metrobank, you're Metrobank. Like people pro- don't just know your name. They probably know your tagline. If you're BDO, you're BDO. People don't know your name. The people probably also know your tagline. And, you know, if you're BPI, you're BPI. So I don't think such a top-level strategy needs to be done by big brands. I think they ought to do it when they're introducing new products to the market. But if they're not introducing new products, so an example would have been Bido Namura, right? Or BPI Invest. Like these these are things that would require awareness exercises, which means they want to check how many times people put in a query for Bido Namura, how many times people put in a query for BPI Invest. And as that grows, then they know they're driving awareness for that specific product. Now, the easiest, and you know, the goal that everybody wants is always, I want to increase my traffic. And in the in the banking industry, uh, there will be two players. There will be extremely strong players, and there will be extremely weak players. Like there, there, there really is. There really are polar opposites. Because if you're going against the institutional banks, you're talking about banks with domains that are like 20 years old with thousands of domains that have mentioned them, that are pointing backlinks to them. They probably have authority scores in the 50s to the 60s. So those are like, what, page ranks of six, seven? Those are those are immensely high, right? And so if you wanted these pages to rank for any keyword, they, they probably could just because of the sheer power of the domain. But when you're working on on big brands, increasing traffic is is pretty easy, right? Like, like through logic, and I can say, we up the traffic to to the to a banking client by 1.5 million visitors per month like an additional like we didn't bring it from 1 to 1.5 we brought it from something to an additional 1.5 million visitors right upping the traffic to banking for by let's say a quarter of a million visitors monthly is also not difficult if you're working with an established brand you do have to be craftier when you're working with a smaller brand like let's say if if Let's say if ING were a client, right? Because their footprint in the Philippines is not huge. 
Uh, and so it's a question of where can I inherit authority from? Like, can I borrow authority from the parent brand? Can I get a link back that points to the Philippines? Should I compete for online banking keywords, for ATM, for savings account, for checking account? Or should I compete with more niche terms like high-yield savings accounts, right? High-yield savings account, high-yield time deposit. Like those might be the terms that I would gun for if I was competing with the, with the top brands. The other thing that I would do is as many resources as big players in, 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 big, in big banking brands put in, there's no such thing as a 100% optimized website. So if I was a small player, I would look for the products that the big brands had missed. Right, like if they're missing out on, well, they'd never miss out. But just as an example, they'd never really miss out on their housing loan and credit card loan products, right? Like, but if if they're missing out on these, then I would gun for those. If they haven't optimized their checking account pages, then I would gun for those. If they haven't optimized their their savings products, I would gun for those. But I would specifically let the competition dictate where my low hanging fruits are. So, but but increase in traffic for banking. It's actually not difficult. Like if I if I were to say like from a from from the point of experience, in terms of difficulty, I would have rated this like a three out of ten. Today it might be a five to six out of ten, which is not extremely difficult. It's still relatively easy. Now the challenge is over the years, I and I would say maybe I might not be exaggerating, but over the past eight years, I think banks have digitally matured. And they're not just interested in, oh, I want awareness. Oh, I want traffic. Now they're actually saying, I want conversions and I want to know the path that that conversion took. I want to know how I acquired them. Did I get them from an ad? Did I get them from Facebook? Did I get them from an email campaign? Did I get them from organic? Right. And and I think this is super fair to me. I think when, when brands tell me, when banking brands tell me, I want customers, I'm always thinking, well, great. I want you to have customers because if you don't get more customers, you're probably not inclined to you're, you're probably not inclined to continue to work with me. And so, there when when we say better conversions, I will split acquisition into three things. I'll split acquisition into three things. The first acquisition your website acquires are what you call audiences. If you've got a person visiting your your car loan page, for example, their problem is not a credit card. Right, They're in a car loan page because they want to have a car. They want to buy a car. This is the problem they're trying to solve. And so what you can do is you can bucket these non-identified visitors to your website in an audience, in your analytics. You can group them together and define them as an audience like, here are my car loan visitors. Here are my auto loan visitors. So that if you want to drive a push towards auto loans, you're not throwing 100, 200,000 pesos on all of the Philippines. You're not throwing half a million on all the Philippines. Remember, remember, your products don't talk to everybody, right? Like that's never the goal. If your brand, if your product is trying to sell everyone, it's trying to sell no one, right? So the first acquisition you make is your audience, the visitors to your website where you classify them, where you segment them. It's the same mentality we have at True Logic, where... A person that goes to the web design page 
is not looking to run Facebook ads, right? Their problem might be their website is old, they don't like it anymore, they're, they feel the design is obsolete, but or they've never had a website before. Like, that's the problem they're trying to solve. Don't sell them a social media page, or don't sell them a social media product. Don't sell them a community management service. That's not the problem they're trying to solve, right? So when you chase them with ads, when you run a campaign, let's say we run a campaign on on web design, web development, then we would target that audience specifically because we know for a fact that those were the people in our website that were trying to solve those problems. Okay, so the the most shallow conversion, the audiences. The next conversion, the user acquisition, the lead, right? Do you have a contact form? Is it frictionless? And when I say frictionless, this is the first thing that I think I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that that banks make, and you know, partially I guess because they're a heavy they're a heavily regulated industry. But I think most people don't realize your most shallow acquisition is name is first name last name email or first name last name phone number. If you've got those three pieces of information, you have enough information to begin a conversation with a user. Uh, it's just that whenever I go to any banking page, it's always fill out this form with 24 fields, right? No, start a conversation and then ease them in into a 10-field form, an 8-field form, a 20-field form. But at least, you know, start a conversation, get them to trust you, and then and then that's when they become comfortable giving you more information. But don't right off the bat attempt an acquisition where your forms have 8, 10, 12 requirements for them to fill out. Remember, users feel that their information has value, right? And so don't expect that just because you've got that form there, they're just going to fill it out just like that. That it, it doesn't work that way. So I would say, A, have a shallow acquisition, like get, get your user's first name, last name, and their email address that allows you to target them with, with meaningful content. Get them to subscribe to your newsletter. But the other thing is then... Have them, when they are true conversions, like once you've convinced them enough, you get them past the information, you get them past the consideration, and they're in the preference phase of their buyer's journey, then give them the 12, the, the 12 form, the, the form with 12 fields. Then give them the, the 20 field form, right? But don't give them the 20 field form as step one. And then ultimately, the last conversion is actually turning them into an actual customer, right? Where somebody actually avails of a banking loan somebody actually takes a home loan from you somebody actually applies a, with a, for a credit card with you and try to make as many of these as electronic as possible right try not to get somebody to i mean post covid right one of the impacts is we don't like going into establishments anymore right we don't like going into establishments anymore definitely not banks not when we can get away with it with our app not when we can get away with it with online banking so your ability to cross-sell them in the facility is not very high anymore. So I would say the, the ultimate conversion is that. I will mention one more type of conversion. If you are a bank and you're utilizing an app, an app download is an acquisition. Because what is an app user than a logged-in web user, right? Like that's all it is. Your, your app user is just a web user where you know all of their information. Okay? So... Those are some of the things, and actually those are those have been some of the goals that we've had to deal with. 
when it comes to working with banks. Let's talk about the, the challenges when it comes to banking. I, I will give you the first challenge. This will be a bit self-serving. The first challenge is velocity. The, the first challenge for SEO, for anything digital in, in any bank is always velocity. Uh, because it's a highly regulated industry, because there's a lot of control, because there are usually half a dozen decision makers, uh, the decision making can be slow. But what I will say, either find a way to speed it up or learn learn how to front load all the decisions that need to be signed off on so that they can get a sign off like really quickly. Don't make your senior decision makers, you know, the marketing team goes through an iterative and reiterative process. Like you reiterate your processes over time. But your senior managers don't have the time to do that, right? If you set expectations on a project plan and say, okay, here are the things that we're going to do. Here are where we need your sign-off. This, 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 right? So A, one of the ways to overcome that is, is to front load a lot of the top-level decision-making so that you can just give it a go. So, so that's one. The second challenge is the competitive landscape. For the past eight years, banks have been getting better and better and better. I can name a few. I can name a lot, actually, but it would be very self-serving. But banks have been getting better and better and better and better at their digital. I would rate the, the competitiveness in the banking industry to within about a six or a seven. Uh, it's starting to get pretty competitive. The next one is uh, another challenge is focusing on lead generation, right? Like I think a lot of banks are still too focused on branding. I think they're still too focused on other cosmetic metrics where they're failing to be obsessive about the metric that matters, the conversions. And so... That's another challenge that we experience with banks. I'll, I'll give another one. One of the bigger challenge, challenges that I usually experience, messy analytics. If I wanted to get an overview of how a bank was performing, like once we get access, most of the time I see, it's not unusual for me to see a dozen, two dozen views, uh, half a dozen filters inside a bank, three, four different agencies utilizing Tag Manager in different ways and whatnot. And I think, in the same way that banks have great top-down controls, you have to have the same thing for a bank, right? Like you, if you have a great top-down control for your financial processes, you ought to have the same discipline when it comes to your digital. Meaning you have to have specific rules of governance for, okay, how do you manage the website? And what, what are you allowed to update? And when, do you, when, when does that require upper-level upper approval? And what kind of protocols do you follow? When you create tag manager, when you run a campaign, what are the what do you need to set as default goals? Um, so just I would say just basic governance, right? So this is another challenge. And for on the agency side, what I would say is the other challenge is is actually strict uh, content quality requirements. Um, and this I think I fully understand because. Banking is a highly regulated industry in the Philippines. Actually, I'm proud of how regulated our, our banking industry is. This is why there are no runs on our banks and, and whatnot. Uh, but there are very strict quality requirements when it comes to banks. And that's why I think content creation for banking is more collaborative than any industry we work in. Uh, because on most of the industries we work in, it's rarely as regulated as a bank. I think banks are probably some of the most regulated ones we, we work with. Healthcare would be another, right? But that's, you know, different animal. So after talking about 
challenges, let's talk about some of the strategies that would work for a bank. So first strategy, I, I would say strategy number one is user intent, right? Like, Build your SEO strategy from the perspective of user intent. Don't build it from the perspective of, of loan X, right? Like I'm going to drive X amount of traffic to loan X. I think every SEO strategy has to be driven by what's the problem of the user and how does your product solve that problem? Like I think all SEO, like this has to be the foundation of SEO. When I see brands produce content, banking brands specifically, I still see a lot of product bragging, like meaning they 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 talk about oh here here's my product, here's why it's great, here's there's this, there's that, uh, and that doesn't work. Like it, it it just doesn't work. So when you're optimizing for user intent, don't just brag about what your that product A features 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 product B features features features. Your content has to be more than that. Your content has to talk to the user. And how it solves their problem, right? Like, I think this is why I can't even overemphasize how important it is that banks understand their customer avatars. Like, what does your typical walk-in client, what does your typical online client look like, behave like, dress like? What kind of content do they read? Because you need to understand what their problems are and how they intend to solve those problems. The next one is optimizing for valuable keywords. I do think in in the banking industry, there's a lot of obsession about brand names uh, and sometimes not enough obsession about the the commercial equivalent. It, It doesn't matter what you call your product. The users will search based off of what they understand about that product. So I'll give you guys a great example. Um, when, when time deposits were a thing and mutual funds were a thing, eventually they all got changed to UITFs and then all the banks just started calling the products UITFs. And they essentially removed all mutual funds. But that's like ignoring all of your Gen Xers and your older millennials who still understand funds like that to be mutual funds, right? So if the search volume is still in mutual funds, and I would still say, mention it in your content then and optimize it for it and then bring them to your UITF products. Like, so doesn't matter what you call the product, it matters what your audience thinks the product is. So, you know, do do your users look for a car loan or do they use an auto loan, right? Like, do they do they query as auto loan or do they use car loan? Do they use housing loan or do they use home loan, right? Like, but how do your users actually perform the searches? Now, some of you guys might ask, but what if my users use both auto loan and car loan? Then use both. Right? If your users use both, then use both. The next one is, do you leverage schema uh, and markups for your for your web pages? I'll give you guys a, a great example of something that often gets missed. The local schema on branch pages. Most of the time in branch pages, I just see a list of addresses of all of the different branches. And then the address is entered as text. But there's no markup. There's no HTML that declares that this is a street address. That's their phone number. This is the city they're in. That's the locality they're in. Um, And the markup is such an easy way for you to rank in the the map results, in the snack pack, in the blended result. So this is another strategy that I think gets missed a lot. Now, the next one is when you're creating content, like whether it's for content marketing or, or whatnot, Focus on topical relevance and context. Uh, in short, 
don't produce content because your content calendar says you got to produce content, right? What kind of problem, what kind of problem is that content trying to solve? So this is hard to do without visuals, but I think the best way to explain it is, is this. True Logic currently ranks for web design and the web development keyword. And the way we did that was clearly we've got a web design and web development commercial page, like the page where people can make inquiries. But we've got a keystone informational article that talks about web design and web development, not what is web design and web development, right? Like we know that our, our you know, that our users are pretty intelligent. But we talk about like maybe the three most popular web design technology frameworks and so on and so forth. But aside from that one keystone or that one pillar content, we surround it with anywhere from three to six other supporting articles. Those three to six supporting articles link, link back to the pillar or to the con- or to the keystone content, and the keystone content links back to the commercial page. In short, there's a strategy behind it, right? So don't just produce content because your calendar says you've got to or because your boss says so. Produce content because there's a purpose. You're trying to rank for the informational version of a commercial page. You're trying to push semantic relevance for for a commercially intentioned page and so on and so forth. Next one, mobile responsiveness. Chances are 60% or more of your users are utilizing mobile devices to to educate themselves about the products or services about that are that are offered by your bank. Is your content friendly to their mobile devices? Right, so this can have a big impact in terms of whether you will perform or not, because the Google index is mobile first. Right now, related to proper markups is local SEO, um, and local SEO has more to do with the stuff you do on site, like take for example the local schema. But part of local SEO is optimizing for your Google business profile and then claiming your other listings on on other business listing websites. Right, it's consider it as a, also an easy form of link building, right? Because when you list yourselves on Yellow Pages, you get a link. When you list yourselves on Apple Maps, you get a link. When you when you list yourselves on on different business listing sites, you get a link back, Yahoo Local, and so on and so forth. Link building is always a strategy, but if you're an authoritative bank, you don't really need this. Link building is one of the more expensive strategies to do. If you're doing PR, chances are you are naturally acquiring links yourself as well. So I wouldn't focus 80% of your attention on this. Uh, but what I will say is pay attention to the new links you acquire and the links that you have that decay, right? And just try to make sure that you are acquiring new backlinks, that you are acquiring new mentions as fast as you're losing them. Don't freak out when you lose a link, right? That's like the natural life cycle of a link. Like you earn links and you lose links. That's just the natural way the the organic internet works. Next, multi-content formats or what we call visual content. Whenever you can, try to pepper images, try to embed videos in your content, stuff that make it easier for your users to understand the value of your product and your service. In an experiment we did six years ago, We know for a fact that pages with multiple content formats, that visual content, gets scanned and indexed or or gets crawled uh, and remembered by Google more frequently than pages that are just all text, right? So so try to make your content what I would call scannable or snackable, but try to make your content scannable so that the user can zero in on the content they need 
and make sure that the images you're using are contextually related to the product that you're that you're pushing inside that page. Next, this one's a no-brainer, security, right? And privacy, but let's talk security. HTTPS, like if you have, if your website is, if it's an old domain, try to make sure that you have nothing redirecting back to the non-secure version of your site. I, I still encounter this every now and then. Understandable because established brands, institutional brands tend to have domains that are decades old, right? And somewhere along the way, somebody was less than, than, than super diligent when it comes to the redirections. But try to make sure that none of your non-secure pages can still be found. That's what I'll say for security. Now for privacy, every time I log in into any website, not necessarily a bank, nothing drives me more crazy when they declare they use cookies and the only button, the only thing I can do is accept. Like that's not acceptable, right? Like I think the best websites are the ones that allow their users to decline that. Like what if I don't want my data collected? What if I don't want my data monetized, right? Uh, Sooner or later, if you just force users to accept, then guess what? Most users will view you from an iPhone, which means you won't be able to capture any data anyway. Okay? Next, make sure that you check on your competitors. You may need a pro to help you figure this out, but make sure that you're monitoring the, the competitors. SEO is very relative. You're number one because you're better than the person at number two. You're number three because number one and number two have better web pages than you, right? Like, and, and take better with a grain of salt. That's like a bunch of stuff. But SEO is a very relative game. And the way to stay on, on page one and on positions one, two, three is to make sure that you've got the first best, second best, or third best web page out there, right? So make sure you're paying, you're paying attention to your competitors. And last, please get a pro to read your data to help you understand customer insights. If you are a brand that works with six agencies, try to get your agencies to all speak the same language. Try not to try not to get one agency to report in one way and another to report in another way and another to report in another way. You know, get a pro to read your data. In fact, if a bank were to have their own digital team, the first the first one that I would that I would tell them to recruit is is their data is their data science person. That is the first person that they should be talking to, or that's the first person they should be hiring because you have to be interpreting your data in the same way and get a pro to read your data, right? Try not to try not to wing it because you probably will do it wrong. And uh, I think, you know, if you think a pro is expensive, wait till you hire an amateur. You know, and with that, you know, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of the True Logic DX podcast. This one was a bit long. Give us a shout out on social media. And if you have any comments regarding what we talked about or any topics you want us to explore or people you want us to talk to, feel free to drop us a message and I'll see you for our future episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to the True Logic DX podcast. And we are powered by our friends at Pod Machine. Thank you very much. See you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the True Logic DX podcast, an audio production show for people who want to take their digital marketing game to the next level. True Logic DX is powered by Pod Machine. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow at True Logic on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. 
check out our website at www.truelogic.com.ph for more information on digital marketing. And make sure to catch our upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast network. Until next time, 